Welcome to MediaPost's Brand Insider. I'm your host, Steve Smith, Editorial Director of Events here at MediaPost. Each week, we interview marketing leaders from companies old and new about how they build and evolve their brands on an unpredictable media and culture terrain. In addition to this full audio interview in podcast form, we also publish a companion newsletter with highlights from the Q&A. MediaPost has been covering marketing and media news for over 20 years. You can find the Brand Insider Weekly as well as our daily coverage at MediaPost.com. Now, let's get into it. Among the direct-to-consumer brands, Zappos is a certified OG. Uh, the shoe e-retail e brand has always been legendary for its customer service in particular, but it also has pioneered key aspects of the e-commerce user experience. In fact, at our own Data and Programmatic Insider Summit in Tahoe in two weeks, the company's head of marketing insights and customer research, Alex Genov, will be discussing how the company is trying to use data and insights to trailblaze into much more human and highly individualized customer experiences across all the Zappos touch points. But another aspect of the Zappos marketing story caught my eye recently. Like a number of D2C brands, they've rediscovered the power of the oldest form of direct-to-consumer commerce, the mail order catalog. For their back-to-school initiative this year, Zappos is mailing out a print catalog. To discuss the back-to-school initiative generally and drill into the rediscovery of print and direct mail, we have the chief marketing and merchandising officer at Zappos, uh, Joe Cano. Joe came to Zappos last year, first in the merchandising lead, as the merchandising lead, now uh, just in last June, uh, join, be moving into the CMO position. He was previously at Walmart and Gilt, but also spent a number of years at Saks Fifth Avenue. Welcome, Joe. Thank you so much, Steve, for having me. So let's start with the back to school push generally. I'm really curious, uh, traditionally, how has Zappos and e-commerce generally experienced this cycle that is so familiar to traditional retail? I'm curious, uh, how does e-commerce come into back to, back to school? Is the cadence and the timing different here? Do you do things or experience of the consumer very differently from that August rush that we're all familiar with? Yeah, yeah, we do. So uh, the great thing about being an e-commerce retailer, especially in back to school, you know, different school systems and, you know, states go back to school at a certain select times. Um, like in Las Vegas, they're already back to school now. So sh shopping would have been done probably earlier in July. So what we do is really take the data analytics of kind of what area is being pushed for that specific time frame, and then go in and kind of geo-target those customers as well. So we go in uh, and kind of hit hard on back to school starting in mid-July and do it all the way towards the end of August, depending on kind of what uh, area that you live in. So overall, we use data and kind of geographic data to see when is that customer spiking, what categories are spiking during that time as well, and then kind of weave that into our entire plan going into July through the end of August. Has anything changed post-pandemic with this cycle? You know what? It has changed a lot. You know, we couldn't really look at the last couple of years. So we kind of use 2019 as a better gauge. Um, some scoring systems are actually coming in a little bit earlier, kind of anticipating that more people, kids are potentially going to be sick and missing out. So we're adding weeks in schools as well. So we've had to kind of really adjust our time frame, what customers actually want as well. Um, along with that, you know, with with July being one of the hottest uh, uh, temperatures in record, you know, we really saw a spike in a lot of that summer buy now, wear now, which before we actually hadn't seen in that back to school time period. So it's definitely an ever evolving, um, but very, very fun and exciting time to be because we can change and switch things very, very quickly, especially being an e-commerce only retailer. 
Now, do you see the back to school cycle for a company like Zappos as a customer acquisition opportunity? Is this a time where people are looking for fresh brands or a time where they're going, uh, they're in a rush, they're going for the tried and true? This is the place where you really can drill into your existing base? Yeah, so it's it's a double pronged approach. I'm going to say both because we always want, you know, we want to make sure that our loyal Zappos customers, we're treating them exactly how they want to be treated. And then also showcasing to some new customers as well, uh, you know, what we actually want. So customer acquisition, uh, we've actually had a little more of an increase in customer acquisition for brand new customers in the back to school timeframe. And part of that, I think, is because we actually have the catalog. Um, most online retailers don't usually do something in print. They focus mainly on, you know, product listing ads, you know, Google searches, branded term searches, all of those things. And that arena has obviously gotten very um, noisy. There's a lot of players within this game. But print is something that I feel uh, is something that I'm excited about. We tested it out in 2019. It did very well. We were wanting to do it in the pandemic as well. But because of schools being closed, people being at home, you know, we didn't feel like doing a print catalog would be the thing. So now this is kind of the first year where things are a little more back to a normalcy. We decided to actually launch that uh, in uh, June, the middle of June, I'm sorry, the middle of July. And overall, it's been great. Some of the early reads have been really, really positive. The vendor community has been really excited about it as well. So that's something that's really making me excited um, because I'm only getting great accolades from vendors, from customers. Um, you know, excited to actually see Zappos kind of do something a little bit different than just traditional marketing um, online. So I want to drill into some of the particulars of using this channel. Let's start with the creative side. Now, did you come into um, this, the, the, into the print space with a particular theme in mind? Is this, is, is this a year where you had a sp specific creative push? And I'm curious that when a D2C brand with all of its focus on user experience online and all of its ideas of the ways in which images can be used in this context, when it moves into print, does it come into print with a different sensibility or are there things Things that you know, if we embed the, your catalog into our uh, uh, in, into our newsletter, I wonder if you could point out: Are there places where you guys were making some interesting creative decisions that may be different from a traditional retailer? Yeah, so I mean, at that point, we obviously always try to make sure that our brand partners are happy and excited with kind of what we're showcasing. Uh, the one thing that I wanted to really bring to light in this catalog, and this is a lot from our head of creative uh, as well, is kind of bringing back some fun nostalgia. You know. Back when I was growing up, you know, we'd love to get the print catalogs. You'd circle things, give it to your parents, say, here's what I kind of want. And I think in the age of almost like this, you know, screen overload, it's nice to kind of take a step back. So overall, we kind of tried to bring back a nostalgia vibe, you know, back kind of into that 90s. Uh, next year is our 25th year anniversary. So this is kind of our first little touch into kind of bringing back some nostalgia for, you know, these older millennial parents who are our core customer um, and getting their kids to actually have something you know, tangible on, on, on in their hand, uh, putting in fun things like, you know, uh, games and crosswords and putting even a shoe sizer because I've got about 15 nieces and nephews. I'm from a very big family. Um, I never know what shoes to buy uh, my nieces and nephews as well. So this is a very easy way for them to say, all right, put your foot on this page right now. And we're hoping they actually keep that so they can consistently kind of measure their kid's foot depending on, you know, what stage their kids are at you might need new shoes every three to four months. So that's something that's huge for kids, especially as they're growing, you know, and from, you know, elementary to middle school. Um, let's describe 
uh, to people what this catalog was in terms of how many pages was it? What basic oh, yeah. decision were you making about, say, the size? What what size would work in this context for what you were trying to achieve? Because I'm I'm twice as old as you, I think, and yes. I I'm old enough to remember the Christmas wish books from Sears, yes. where yes. the bigger the better. <laughs> I'm curious in this context when you were thinking about things like so, how big of a catalog do we want to send? And uh, yeah. tell us a little bit about what what that looked like. That's a great question. So uh, the catalog is about 11 pages right now. So, you know, again, if you go online, you can search for hours and go through seas of product. What we really wanted to do is kind of curate the best of the best product that are trending now for, you know, kids and also the parents as well. So we really looked at the brands that customers were gravitating towards, put in what we felt were going to be the exciting brands, the new brands, you know, um, and brands we know they actually already buy, they might have new styles and new fabrications that we would actually want to showcase to them as well. So we wanted to keep it a little bit tight to make sure that we were kind of giving them curated um, catalog. We will see how this kind of works. Uh, and then, you know, it could definitely expand. Um, it definitely could contract depending on kind of what the data shows us. But overall, we wanted to keep it short and concise so that you weren't going through, you know, like a cheesecake factory type of booklet with so many different options you didn't know what to choose. So mm -hmm. really kind of focusing in on those core brands that we know our customers like. Uh, so let's talk about some of the technologies you dis you've discovered here, because it is always surprising me how sophisticated direct mail has become. And I think that's one of the attractions for a lot of B2C brands is that they're finding that a lot of the retargeting possibilities, a lot of the technologies that are so familiar with digital targeting and segmentation are now available indirect mail. So tell us what you did in terms of your what audience you were trying to reach here, new or old, what sort of segmentation and targeting you were using, what tools you were and levers you were you were pulling here. Yeah. So what we did is we separated out into a couple different groups. One, um, we separated out into the group of customers that we know purchased with us, you know, every single year. And we wanted to make sure that we were kind of grabbing some of their kind of wallet share from the back to school spend. And then we took a look at some of the customers maybe had lapsed for us, maybe hadn't purchased for us, you know, with over a year to two years. Wanted to get them back, knowing that they had kids in their household, uh, we marketed to them as well. So it was, again, double-pronged approach. And then also throughout this catalog, there are QR codes. So that's an easy way for us to track. Someone goes directly into the site, shows the entire landing page of what the back to school is, as well as all the brands and kind of what to shop as well. So that's kind of a great way to start that journey. But at customer segmentation, we looked at both, you know, our customers that are tried and true that shop with us, our customers that were lapsed. And we also took a look, you know, where do they live? Um, what type of style do they actually need? Most of our consumers are in that more casual space as well. So you're not going to see anything like suits or uniforms um, kind of in here for the most part. It's going to be just more fun, exciting um, fashion moments. And as we've seen what our consumers are actually gravitating towards um, with the kind of rise of TikTok and Instagram and all these kind of social posts. You know, you see kids as early as eight and nine wanting to have their own fashion sense, kind of have their own fashion style. So we really focus in on some of those brands that were kind of fun, exciting, that we know were going to be cool um, within this time frame. And so overall, that's what we really focused in on and put in here. Um, so we didn't actually have, you know, three different types of catalog to kind of specifically send out to different areas. We utilize this as, you know, what are going to be the brands that they're going to be gravitating towards? And then we actually potentially might do, you know, a baseline catalog and then have fast follow up little mailers. If we know that customer is um, someone that likes more brand focus, someone that wants more comfort focus, someone that wants, you know, more adaptive focus in as well. So 
there's other things that we're going to be testing out in this next year to make sure that we're really honing in on personalizing mailer, which I don't think a lot of people are doing right now. So that's something I'm super excited about. Uh, I will tell you that uh, having highly personalized coupons coming from my grocery store is something yeah. that really blows me away. Yeah, they they really are. They're actually drilling into my into my buying habits and sending me specific coupons. That that's quite impressive from a consumer perspective. It um, is. When, it when is. Direct mail gets that personalized. It's almost eerie. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we don't want to. We don't want to go on the eerie side. We want right. to go on the oh, this is super exciting side. But so. just just to un underscore, so for this run, you're focusing mainly on uh, on on your own on your own list of of sort of live and lapsed. Yes. Rather than trying to buy into third party lists, tell me what your thinking was there. Have you decided that it's simply unreliable, too costly to start using this as a new acquisition tool? Yeah, I mean, this is definitely something that's going to be a new acquisition tool in the future because this was our first one. And a lot of things have kind of changed since we did our last one back in 2019. I wanted to kind of set the baseline here to kind of see what was going to be the biggest bang for our buck, to be totally honest. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, marketing budgets, not like I have more, you know, we had to kind of rework some things to make sure we could fit this in. So overall, I wanted to make sure that what I did was, uh, you know, more broad in general, and then we can kind of hone in on what we want to do. And once you figure out those earnings, that's when we're going to start doing some of that acquisition for brand new customers that maybe have never shopped uh, with Zappos before, but potentially utilizing another partner um, of ours to help us with that. So. Yeah. Um, what was the timing for the catalog? Were you were you launching this in any way in 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 relation to the rest of the back to school digital driven campaign? Was this sort of dropping in unison with it? Were you using it to precede that campaign at all? Yeah. So we actually first started with the catalog drop in home, waited about three or four days, and then popped it up online. Uh, mm -hmm. Also, so we want to make sure that customers actually have the chance to look through it here versus just looking at it digitally, um, which is what we really wanted. So. Again, they coincided for the most part, but we wanted to make sure that everyone had the time and opportunity to get their mail, open it up and take a look at it. I know that sometimes I don't check my mail every single day. So we want to make sure that customers actually had a chance to thumb through that before the experience was online. What What is the uh, the retargeting approach for uh, for catalog recipients? Are you hitting them online with display? Are you using their email box? What's, yeah. you know, what's, the, fo what's the follow up medium for them that works best? Yeah, so we'll be hitting them back with display 100%, um, and we'll also be hitting them back with uh, with a kind of an email saying, hey, if you haven't checked out our catalog, here's the experience. Um, we also are offering an exclusive kind of promo code so we can kind of track to see who is um, really kind of utilizing that as we're checking out as well. So we're trying to see, are they coming in directly from uh, the catalog? Are they going directly to the site? Uh, obviously with print, sometimes it can be a little more difficult to manage if someone's not going into the QR code, but just typing in Zappos and going directly to the site and kind of shopping that way. Um, but hopefully we're utilizing uh, the, the code and saying, okay, here's what customers actually gravitated towards. Here's what they purchased. Here's how many people actually use the exclusive code on the catalog. Uh, what's the cost structure here in, in relationship to the other methods of moving, of moving people through the funnel? How does this compare? Yeah, you know, I would say two or three years ago, I would say, you know, this is very much on par. Uh, but as cost per clicks continually would go up for some of these great brand search terms, uh, I think this actually might be a little bit more cost, um, uh, let's say, accretive uh, mm -hmm. to how we actually do things online. So say a mm -hmm. brand like an On or a Hoka, super exciting brands, growing rapidly. They both launched kids' shoes, which is awesome. So we've launched them at Zappos as well. But that space, again, is a little bit crowded. So this is an easy way for us to kind of 
do it in a little bit more personal way to say, here's some great items that we have versus just showcasing them online. So as, uh, you know, as this evolves, uh, I think this definitely isn't uh, probably an easier way to get to a customer with some of the amazing brands that we have that have very high cost per clicks. Um, you mentioned that you tested this before. So even though I know this is this is you're still in the middle of this campaign, you have some metrics from the previous uh, tests. What yeah. are some of the things that impressed you about how this performs? I mean, did you get some insights about how to use this medium uh, from that uh, at that initial test and the kinds of performance you see? Are they are you seeing you know larger shopping baskets from this client clientele? Are you seeing are there particular metrics that impress you with using this route? Yeah, I think the biggest, it's a great question. I think the biggest metric that I saw was the basket size did grow about 25% people that actually got the catalog because they bought multiple items. And that's what we really want to see here. So another thing we learned from our first catalog, which was a little bit larger, um, customers gave feedback that, you know, this was maybe a little bit too big and it was hard to kind of piece through. Uh, but customers really wanted to see the exciting brands that they know and love. So if you kind of look at the catalog, you know, it is kind of filled with things like Steve Madden and Vans and New Balance and Hoka and Birkenstocks and On and Asics and all the Doc Martens, you know, all these brands that kids love nowadays and are seeing kind of everywhere. That's what we really focused in on and focusing on the best of the best. Um, knowing that kids will kind of explore, maybe do some color multipliers of it as well. So overall, what we really kind of saw was basket size was higher, which is great, obviously, for a uh, profit. Um, great to see customers actually buying multiples of things. Um, and then also really making sure that we're showcasing the correct brands to them. So those are some of the learnings that I gleaned from it. As of right now, the basket size is continuously actually going up. So people that are coming in through the catalog QR code, um, their basket size is about 30% higher than what our regular basket size is. Now, if you look at kind of total back to school to back to school, usually that's very indicative because people buy multiple things They usually just don't buy one thing. Um, but this is even higher than our regular back to school, which is really great to see. So overall, it's proving out to be pretty successful. Obviously, we've not hit the peak of back to school just mm -hmm. yet. That's kind of happening like next week is kind of the, the high watermark. So I'll have some more data then. But the early reads are very positive. What are the things that you're going to be looking for this time? Are there are there are there uh, known unknowns uh, in this cycle that you're especially curious about now that you've put this out as a full as a full effort and have tweaked it? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me is how do we get that customer to kind of make that second purchase within here? Because I think, you know, when I go back to school, you, you have your things and you see what other kids are wearing, you see what other people are wearing, you're like, oh, I actually want that as well. Can I actually come in and do this? So we are going to be doing some nice retargeting campaigns for everyone that have purchased during back to school. And that's what I'm probably most excited about is how do we get that customer, whether that was a lapsed customer, one of our customers that have been shopping with us, um, and how do we actually get them to purchase something within the year as well uh, to see if there's anything that they need for their fall wardrobe versus for their summer. So that's going to be the really good point for me is to really make that customer kind of a raving fan for us and really showcase the amazing customer service that we have as well. Uh, any thoughts yet or discussions about making this uh, more frequent than back to school? Are there other cycles? I mean, again, oh. to go back to traditional retail, yes. I remember the seasonal catalog. I remember yes. every season had its had its catalog for most of the major uh, mail order companies. Yeah, 100%. So uh, yes, the answer is yes. Uh, I'm, I, in my perfect world, would love to have kind of four key catalogs per year. Uh, so, you know, holiday, I think is a really good one coming into that spring season. Anytime a season changes, 
that's what I want to really showcase. It's like, here's an amazing product that we have, really partnering with our brand partners as well uh, to kind of make sure that they kind of understand where we're going with it. Uh, next year, again, 25th year anniversary. So this is going to be a really big thing, probably a big birthday celebration. Most of our catalogs will be actually put out, but definitely having something for holiday, definitely having something for spring. Back to school, obviously, is going to be a huge one for us as well. And there might be a little, a fourth one that we might throw in there as well. So that's something that, as long as all the metrics play out, my finance team is okay with it. I'm going to go full force into it. This is this is fascinating to watch just from a historical perspective, especially if you're an old geezer like me. To see <laughs> this generation of D2Cs embrace some some of the oldest forms of direct to consumer. For instance, another piece that I'm that we're observing uh, especially is how the D2Cs are investing in out of home advertising now. You know, they're seeing these opportunities for D2C to break through and often to do it in those places when people are not looking at their screens. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, I think it's so important as we kind of get so screen attached, um, it's nice to kind of have that nostalgia and almost like the personalization of having something tangible uh, mm -hmm. also, because again, there is so much noise out there. Sometimes it's nice to actually just sit down, not have your screen up and flip through something. Um, like I'll, like for me, you know, I used to read ebooks all the time. Mm -hmm. Now the books that I read are paperback. It's, yeah. It just feels different. So, yeah. yeah. Um, Joe Cano, thank you so much. This was this was refreshing and really interesting. Thanks for all that detail. Of course, of course. And I want to remind everybody that these topics will be coming up at our own D2C Brand Insider Summit, which we'll be doing in Austin on October 8th through 11th. Companies like Hydro, Hungry Root, Black Tux, uh, and we hope maybe Zappos and Joe, and Joe will be able to be there. Uh, just go to mediapost.com forward slash events to navigate our full calendar and hope we'll see you there. And thanks again, Joe. Thank you so much, Stephen. Thanks for hitting play on MediaPost's Brand Insider podcast. We're here each week interviewing marketing executives from large and small, legacy and emerging brands. They share their experiences navigating the challenges of commercial clutter, media distraction, and consumer disinterest. You can also subscribe to the Brand Insider newsletter for edited text editions of these Q&As. For this and all of the marketing and media news reporting MediaPost has provided the industry for two decades, head over to MediaPost.com. And if you have any thoughts, comments, or suggestions for Brand Insider, you can always reach me, Steve Smith, at steve at mediapost.com. Until next week, let's market carefully out there.